one triple eight triple six zero five ninety four one six eight seven zero zero five ninety star five ninety on the cell as the Blue Jays swept away, summarily dismissed by the Minnesota Twins, who were an eighty-seven win regular season team, but obviously a very talented bunch and one that could very well go forth to Houston and beat the defending World Series champions, win the American League, could win it all. But uh, the Blue Jays had their opportunities, very much underperformed, very much confused us with their decision-making process, most notably removing a great Jose Barrios in the fourth inning for Yusei Kikuchi. It's not even, again, it's not even just the idea of getting the platoon advantage in that moment. It's, hey, if they had, you mentioned it, prime Andrew Miller, Mm -hmm. that's a better example than the one I gave on Twitter, which was Randy Johnson because he's the best left-hander I can remember, but he was a starter. You're right. Like, if they had Andrew Miller, if this team was built like the 2015 Kansas City Royals where it's like five guys throwing 100 miles an hour out of the back end of your bullpen, you're like, honestly, I I know our starter is is good and dealing, but – we're built on the backs of this incredible, incredible bullpen. This Blue Jays mm-hmm. bullpen is very, very good. And part of the reason why they were so successful this season, the Yusei Kikuchi wasn't a part of that. No. He was part of a very good rotation. And why even have starting pitchers? Why give Jose Barrios seven years and a quadrillion dollars if you can't trust him to get outs in the fourth inning against a team that is, yeah, they're very powerful, and they got left-hand bats, and yada yada mm-hmm. yada. But the, the, this is the, not Barry Bonds we're talking no. about here. The the guy that was looking like Barry Bonds and was Barry Bonds in Game One, Royce Lewis, was the guy that you walked instead of challenging him, like Kevin Gossman did in Game One, and paid the price. It's infuriating to have it laid out that that nakedly there. And yeah, Andrew Miller is the one that is kind of of most recent vintage there. But the thing I keep going back to with the clip we heard from Schneider, and I mean, again, the clip, the quote from this that will never not stick with me is how tough it was to watch it unfold from a person who was a part of it. And that just nakedly lays out everything you you have at your disposal there. But I just, I continue to look at the idea of putting people in a place to succeed. That is something we heard over and over and over again in the post game last night. And not that you say Kikuchi could not have succeeded in that instance, but the idea of bringing him in in that spot, it's not even a clean start to the inning. If you're going to use a guy like you say in that regard, that's almost certainly the way you would want to do it. It's not a guy who is used to coming in as a reliever in a Cabrera or a Mesa or anything like that. That's the part I can't wrap my head around is the idea that because Kikuchi's been better this year and not as good as he was at the beginning at the tail end of the year, that he was just going to be able to be comfortable in that spot in not a game that you kind of had to win, a literal must win or your season is over. That's the other part of it. There's very little of this tracks. There's very little of this that adds up. And that is why it's such a frustrating decision. If you could at least explain it from the, you know, the dirtiest word in the world, analytics perspective, then maybe we'd understand it. But even this, even when you lay it out that way, even the people who believe in that stuff the most, they're not buying it. No, they're not. And the players clearly aren't buying it. Jose Barrios um, put on a brave face. And I thought the broadcast did a great job. And Buck Martinez talking about who Jose Barrios is as a teammate and a competitor. And, you know, he, Good in the moment, I, I, I could not. Yeah. In the moment, you know, not that he's going to suplex John Schneider on the mound when he comes out to pull him out, out of the baseball game, but 
Yeah, you can even if you disappear into the clubhouse. That's that's I'm not saying I expected him or I would be breaking bats and throwing coolers, but just do the thing where you go sit and have a cool down for mm-hmm. a little bit. That that would be my move. I could tell you that for sure. Pete Walker notably like was kind of not seen too much after that moment. Yeah, it was interesting. I I was sitting there and like <laughs> we could all see it coming. Uh-huh. And you see Schneider and he's having the conversations with Donnie baseball and I dying to be a fly on the wall for those combos because it's not a conversation about what are we going to do here? Because mm-hmm. the decision was made. When it was made, I don't know, maybe it was made six months ago for, for all we know, but it certainly wasn't made during the course of that ball game. And that's, to be a fly, like there's a many conversations I would like to have been a fly on the wall on, chief among them, the one that actually led us to this point. But, I mean, Donnie Baseball, look, think of all the things he has seen in this game. Mm. What is he thinking watching that? And to your point, Pete Walker, who, you know, we we see him out there. He can get a little ornery. We remember him yelling at umps this year and things. I can only imagine what he's thinking about that. I don't know if this supersedes the, the Kevin Cash 2020 thing because that was in the World Series. That was in an elimination game. That was, frankly, like Blake Snell's a better pitcher than Jose Barrios. And Jose Barrios is a great pitcher, but Blake Snell, you know, this is the guy that that is among the best in Major League Baseball, and he had a down year last year, but he was back at the top of uh, the heap this season. It wasn't his fault that the Padres finished up the track. Um, so that one still feels like the go-to, but this is this is the most recent example, and if you're a Blue Jays fan and you, you like to laugh at the Rays, like, you careful, because, and you know what? If you're an, an, one of the other 28 franchises in all of Major League Baseball, if you're a fan of one of them, I'd be careful as well because it's coming for you next. Like this isn't this isn't just a two-team situation. This is across all of of Major League Baseball. But I will say, like going back to 2020, and yeah, Nick Anderson was the the reliever that was called upon to relieve mm-hmm. uh, Blake Snell in that moment, who was having a bit of a wobbly postseason, but was a dominant guy during the course of the regular season. Blake Snell, yeah, he didn't take it nearly as well as as Jose Barrios for an organization that doesn't necessarily treat its players all all that great. And certainly it's rare to to pay them in free agency. He never pitched again for the Tampa Bay Rays. Yeah. He was traded that offseason in December. Jose Barrios has five more years under his contract and again said the right things. I don't I don't think there's there's going to be a bubbling conversation between he and the organization. Mm-hmm. I don't think like Jose Barrios tomorrow after solemn contemplation is going to come up the stairs to Ross Atkins and say, get me the hell out of here. I'm not, I'm not going to pitch for an organization that has that type of thinking. Well, one, because he's under contract and two, because like what other franchise are you going to mm-hmm. go to where they don't have that type yep. of thinking? Just the Phillies, I think. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it, it is. They just feel old school. Cause Bryce Harper's running around without a helmet at all times. That's, that's what it is. Naked. Well, and they, Nola they had, went seven innings. Yeah. Yep. They had a uh, starter go seven innings yesterday, but it is, I, we, I just read off the quote from Whit Merrifield. I, you don't think there's more than a few guys who feel the same way in that clubhouse? Is it maybe, uh, you know, if all things are being equal, and I do think the money is the most important thing when you're talking about free agency, um, and then maybe the, some other things like, you know, how comfortable you are with the city or or the division or how... The taxes. The taxes. Like, like, is it maybe on the list of things you might consider when deciding whether or not to sign with the Blue Jays as a free agent? or be pleased or displeased uh, to be traded to the Toronto Blue Jays. I I don't think that it's necessarily a nothing that this is now a team that has a notable instance of not trusting the player, not going with what you're seeing with your eyes in a very crucial game. 
Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely not a, a nothing there. I mean, you're right. There's no world where Barrios is going to say, well, I shouldn't say no world. I'd be shocked if it's get me out of here because, to your point, there's a lot of organizations of baseball that operate a similar way. But we hear this all the time in sports. Sometimes it's in baseball because of a pitching coach. Sometimes it's because of a hitting coach. You'll hear it in football with a particular coordinator those types of relationships can draw free agents to teams. And it is never going to be something that matters more than the money. The money is always going to be the thing that matters nine times out of 10, the most of these guys. And I don't Mm. begrudge them that at all, but we have heard from people. I wanted to work with Pete Walker. Like we've heard the words come out of those words come out of people's mouths. And I don't think that Pete Walker is somebody who's thought of less in light because of this, but his bosses definitely will be to some people in baseball. I think it's pretty fair to say that. It, it feels like a two-issue game yesterday, despite the fact there's other issues. Like, Dalton Varsho is so... Um, he's lacking so much confidence that he's trying to bunt for, mm-hmm. for base hits in RBI situations. Big bunt at it again. Yeah. Um, after hitting 27 home runs a season ago, and despite the fact that he had, a, he, he had fewer home runs, by which I mean seven fewer this season than he did uh, a year ago, part of the reason you acquired him is because, well, he doesn't hit for a high average. He runs into one. On occasion, something this team has sorely needed, and he decided instead to bunt in that situation. But it did, yesterday felt like a two-issue thing. It was the Kikuchi for Burrios thing. I almost, it is a big deal, and we've spent a lot of time talking about it. But yeah, the Blue Jays didn't score any runs. Oh, so. it's, it's just like every pitching issue we've talked about all season long with this team. Of like, well, yep, and any other team, we would spend all our time talking about this. But you, nine guys, you, we have to draw all our ire to you because you are incapable of scratching anything across. Um, I Yeah, so as much as I want to focus on that and we'll continue to focus on that and we'll talk to some former major league players who were focusing on that, especially um, on Twitter yesterday, for me, the bigger issue, well, is one, the offense, yes. but is two, the thing that is entirely controllable by the athlete in the fifth inning when Vladimir Guerrero mm-hmm. Jr. is picked off second base. And I, 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 I'm trying not to be too reactionary to the thing, but the reason I know I'm not is because this is a conversation I've, I've had with multiple smart people throughout the course of the regular season. Like, does, there, does the conversation around that player in particular, is it, is it an offseason where there's legitimate conversation in that front office about, moving off of Vladimir Guerrero Jr., who's a good player, even this year, as as down uh, an offensive year as it was, as down a defensive year as it was for Vladimir Guerrero Jr., was like still an above-average player, um, but he's about to get more expensive. He's under arbitration right now. Two more years of team control, and at this rate, unlikely to, to see him extended. We already saw this organization, albeit for a guy in Teoscar Hernandez who only had one more year of team control, move off of a guy because they they believed some of the 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 ancillary things around the player. And part of it is they liked Eric Swanson and and, and you know they also liked Adam Mako, the the young player, the young pitcher that they got in return in that trade. But part of it was shedding salary, but part of it was certainly there were elements to the player that they didn't they didn't necessarily fit with where they were trying to go and be a more serious baseball team. It seems pretty clear at this point, given the growing sample and giving, given the, the, the gaff in the most crucial moment in the postseason so far, well, and there are no more moments coming for the blue Jays that the same conversations might be happening around Vladimir Guerrero jr. I do not think like it's, it's, 
if I were to, to rate the chances of the, right. of the Blue Jays trading Vlad this offseason, it's, it's super low. But are those conversations maybe happening for the first time? I wouldn't discount that possibility either. Well, and I think I think those conversations are twofold in terms of what they what they represent. Like I think there is very very much two streams of thought in terms of the way you look at that. One is just the asset and the player and what he is right now. Be realistic about it. It's a guy with 2 years of team control and you want to make the best use of that. But we also cannot be blind to the idea and maybe this has waned a little bit in recent years, but this is the guy who has been the beacon of hope for Jays fans for this entire window and the idea of punting off of what that means. And I don't mean from a team building perspective, but I mean from a PR one, from a how this front office is viewed conversation. And that is why it is just such a massive, massive swing. And it's honestly, it's two completely different conversations. It's a culture one and it's a team building one. Yep. Uh, let's go to the phone lines. Let's go to Jason from Markham, uh, you're on Sportsnet 5.9 of the fan, Jason. Good morning, boys. Morning. Is it too early to start drinking? Mm, uh, not if it, you, hey, listen, we were, we were going to talk later on about how the Bills fans are going to be able to drink super early on Sunday because they're, they're, they're playing uh, in London this weekend. You probably shouldn't, it, it's, yeah, it probably, probably not. Depends, though. Depends. Maybe you just finished work. If you did, then okay, I'll, I'll sign off on it. Well, just a quick note, and you guys reminded me. I, I mean, so many infuriating moments, but that Dar- Dalton Barshow bunt on the first pitch, like, I just don't understand. That was the one thing that the guy actually could do was ambush first pitches. So I, I just, I don't understand how you don't even take one hack before you pull that out of your bag of tools. Um, I wonder whether he was told or whether he came up with that all on his own. Um I mean, and it just goes on and on, you know, and, and it's amazing. Baseball, I know it's not a raw, raw sport, but at some point during those two games, you know, could John Schneider do anything other than just stare there, stare out into the, into the field with that embarrassing, I just swallowed my tongue look? Like, at one point, does he not turn around to these guys or any? Ah! Yeah, it's so bloody frustrating on so many levels, and they just they completely shot themselves in the foot. They they they, they beat themselves. They didn't lose. They beat themselves. Thanks, it, it thanks just... for the call, Jason. Yeah, uh, as far as John Schneider getting visibly upset with his players in the game, like not only does like managers after the game. What we saw from John Schneider was like, yeah, that's unacceptable. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. getting picked off second base, representing the tying run in a postseason game, being the first player since 2017 to get picked off the second base, first player in Blue Jays history to get picked off the second base. Wow, he said all that? Yeah, yeah well, no, but him thinking all those <laughs> things and saying like, yeah, it's it's not accept- It's like not what you want in that moment. It's about as heated as he will get, as any manager will get, as as direct as a manager will get in criticizing his own player. The idea that like, over the course of a nine-inning baseball game that you would display some sort of emotion towards your players. That just doesn't happen. And I don't I don't necessarily think that's pro, uh, productive. I understand being frustrated by it, but I agree with everything you just said. But I also understand that guy saying, uh, they're losing, I want to kick stuff, why aren't you? I get yeah. that, I do. Yeah, I, I, I would kick stuff. All right, Doug is in Port Perry. How's it going, Doug? Good morning. I don't know why everybody's upset because nothing's changed since the beginning of the year. But the one thing I don't understand is 
I'm old enough so I can remember all the great Blue Jay pitchers. And yesterday I'm watching Barrios throw, and I'm like, oh, my God, it's like watching Dave Steve. He had the right-handers on curveballs. They were coming out of their boots. They couldn't swing at it. I don't understand how the manager doesn't walk over to him, see that he's throwing electricity, knows he's playing against his old team, so the guy's pumped. And then you go and make a move like that. And I don't even know if it would change the game because we can't score a run. But I have a question for you guys. Yeah. Do you build around Vladdy and Bo? No. Because that's the big question because we got the pitching. That's the best pitching we've had in decades. And we blew it because we can't score a run. So now the two guys that are supposed to be our go-to guys, our Alomar, Carters, whatever, the two superstars, I'm not sold on them. Thanks for the call, Doug. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's the, the question I just posed before we went to the phone lines. And the Blue Jays factually have made a commitment to one of those guys. Now, I understand both of them are under team control for the same amount of time, but they they bought up Bo mm-hmm. years of arbitration with a contract because they don't want to have to debate with him over what he's owed. And there is a, a level of risk that the Blue Jays are undertaking in giving him that contract. But just like factually, they've come to an agreement on a contract with Bobachet that they have not yet come to with Vladimir Guerrero Jr. So if you're like reading the tea leaves mm-hmm. just from that perspective, that's the guy they're more likely to extend beyond his years of arbitration of team control. And secondarily, if you were making a wager on the more likely player to be productive mm-hmm. and worth what they'd receive on the open market, I don't know how you can make an argument against Bobachet being the guy over Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And secondarily, the guy that has fewer question marks when it comes to this type of stuff. Now, granted, this is a guy that yesterday or two days ago ran into an out of the plate. Again, different scenario, a guy that's... Yeah, he's not perfect. But. Yeah, a guy that's... that's for He's making a mistake as a result of maybe too much effort, Urgency. trying to do too yeah. many things. Certainly aware of the situation. It's not like Bobachet forgot where he was or what he's supposed to be doing. In in fact, he's part of the the reason he probably went and, and, and tried to score in that situation because there were two outs because he understood that offense was so hard to f- come by with this Blue Jays team. Totally different than what we saw yesterday with Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Uh, we already know that this front office is more than willing to ship you out of town if they don't think that you have, like, outside of the back of the baseball card stuff because mm-hmm. Teoscar Hernandez had that in spades. And, boy, could they have used his homer bat in the middle of this lineup? They said, they, they said that's all well and good. What you provide there is not counteracting the thing mm-hmm. that you're infecting this team with. And I, I'm, I'm probably overstating it. For but, sure. But clearly there's there was a belief that the Teoscar Hernandez off-field stuff or his baseball mentality stuff was something they were trying to move forward with. And now the same question must be surrounding Vladimir Guerrero Jr. I think that's a really important thing to point out because I think sometimes people hear the Teoscar was shipped out of town and the team culture stuff. This is not Teoscar is a bad dude. This is maybe he's too good of a dude and he is best friends with everybody and everything is super jocular. And look, you see it all the time. We, they are direct juxtapositions of one another, Bo and Vladdy. One guy is super serious and angry all the time. The other guy is the other guy is just sitting there and he's yucking it up and it's Vladdy. You, you have two completely polar opposite ways of guys attack things. And if it goes together perfectly, that's great. But if it's a little oil and watery, you see what you're seeing now. 
Let's uh, let's hear from a man who's sat in a major league dugout before and watched all 162 games of this Blue Jays team this season, plus two postseason games. When we come back, we're going to talk to Kevin Barker, co-host of Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. It's the Fan Morning Show. Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Dive deep into Toronto sports and the NFL. The J.D. Bunkus Podcast. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Good morning, Joe. Sports at 5.9. Fan Band and Frank Gunning. Blue Jay season's over. They scored a run. They scored a run. Like, got to give them credit. Pretty good. <laughs> One whole run. They also out hit the Minnesota Twins in the series overall, but in the game yesterday as well. Twins didn't have an extra base hit in yesterday's game either. Blue Jays had nine hits. There's a lot of traffic. Yeah, not a single extra base hit, uh, but not a lack of topics of discussion coming out of yesterday's game this insider brought to you by don valley north lexus where you can expect excellence online and in the showroom visit donvalleynorthlexus.com today's insider your friend and mine kevin barker of blair and barker how's it going man hey boys you know i've been called a lot of things i've never been called an insider yeah you are you're absolutely and what are you talking about you you have a i know for a fact you have lots of insight and also you're the only guy of of the three of us that has been inside a major league baseball clubhouse during a major league baseball game. So you know mm-hmm. what those guys were thinking when you say Kikuchi came into that game in the fourth inning and Jose Barrios, despite the fact that he was apparently, that the, the organization was confident on, uh, enough in him to start him in game two in a must-win game of an elimination game and, and confident enough in him to hand him a seven-year extension and confident enough in him to give up two top prospects to go out and trade him were not confident enough in what they were seeing with their eyes to have him complete the fourth inning. So you know, Mr. Mm-hmm. Insider... What those players were thinking in that moment. So tell us. Yeah, well, I would think the players were thinking, worry about myself, which is because we're not getting any hits, we're not scoring any runs. That would be the first thing, right? I look, I think what we saw yesterday that that part of it only works if they're winning. Mm. Basically, what they were thinking is they don't want Jose Barrios because he does give up homers against lefties to face Kepler two times through the order. He's trying to get, or the Khakis, or Ross Atkins is trying to get uh, Rocco Baldelli to start messing around with his order to flip a bunch of righties in there because they think that their bullpen would match up with righties in there instead of lefties in there. That, for me, would only work, and you would only think about doing that if you were winning, not if the score was tied, that part of it, when you're having the conversation, when you're off the field is only taking place if you're winning, because if the score is tied, you're probably in the fourth or fifth inning and he's on cruise control. Jose Barrios for me, it's foot strike. Foot strike means whenever he's down, going down the mountain with his front foot, when it's hitting the ground because he's eliminated the windup and he's only in the stretch all the time, that foot strike, foot hitting the ground, timing of everything has to be above his head. When that's taking place 
and the ball's coming out hot, which means he's added the little uptick in velocity. He's added the longer tunneling because he's throwing harder. The two-seamer and the sinker is moving later and more. The slider, slurve, curveball. I mean, he had three of them last night. All three of those were moving because he was throwing it harder. It was tunneling longer. It was harder to pick up. You were getting weaker, uglier swings. Yeah, I mean, this is what happens, and I've been talking about this all year with the khakis. This is what happens when you try and predict the future. Sometimes it will work, and sometimes a dude will show up and want to get the foot down on time, and it's throwing harder with some later movement, and the breaking balls are working, and it don't matter if a righty or a lefty is coming to the plate. That Yeah, again, I... I know everybody's going to blame John Snyder because he's the easiest dude to point the finger to. But I don't know about you guys, but in the fourth inning, if 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 you guys were watching the game and looking in the dugout and seeing him talking to Donnie Baseball and the look on his face with his arms crossed of, yeah, I have to do this. And they, yeah, like uh, you, we talked about this. Like, no, I'm not kidding. This, this has to be done because I have a boss just like everybody else. And if I don't do this because I'm a young manager, gee, you know, the chances go up of me not having a job next year. So, yeah, look, they scored one run. I mean that that's that's the gist of this thing, right? Is is they didn't have a cleanup hitter. And I said this from day one in spring training when you know the Jeff Blair came on the air with me and the first thing out of his mouth, what do you see? And I said, Hey, they don't have a cleanup hitter. How in the heck are we gonna talk about them winning a World Series when they don't have a cleanup hitter? And come to find out all season, they needed a cleanup hitter. So, yeah, until they get that fixed and 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 figure out whatever's wrong with Vladimir Guerrero Jr., maybe that's be you know he needs a guy in front of him, he needs a guy behind him because the last two years he's going backwards. Like everything, the totality of whatever we want Vladdy to be is going backwards. So, if you're a khaki in this organization, maybe that's where you start when the off season turns around, which is yeah. If you guys notice probably Monday because I'm assuming everybody's going to drink their faces off until Monday <laughs> until they have to have a conversation about where this team and this organization is going. So, if, yeah, if you're a smart person in this organization, I would think unless you're going to trade Vladdy, which I don't think they will. I mean, after the way the last two seasons have went. and Hey, how about the way the, the game ended? Uh, the the, the six-pitch two punch-outs. Yeah. Boy, that, just, that was fitting, wasn't it? I, oh. I mean, that's something else, boy. That's about as non-competitive as you're gonna get. I'd, now, I'd obviously, like, I'd like back, to think that Duran felt bad actually for Dalton Varsho <laughs> in that moment. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a uh, again. I think that sort of tells you where they're at. Right? Is is when push comes to shove. Now Duran's done that to a bunch of people. Those a bazillion. He's got a really good breaking ball. Like it's there's no you know shame in you getting lambasted by a dude that's that good. But you know in that moment. I would think you'd want to compete a little bit harder, right? Maybe choke up, maybe spread out, maybe scoot closer. I don't know. Do something just to fight, to claw, to maybe have a bloop to get up the $150 million man. So, I, yeah, there's some there's some things in the offseason. And, oh, by the way, I haven't even mentioned, they, they don't have a closer. Uh, yeah, they've been matching up since Saturday. 
which we had John Snyder on our show on Friday, which we did once a week all, all year, which is pretty sweet that the manager would come on and, and we would ask tough questions and he would answer to the best of his ability. On Friday, I asked him, do you have confidence in your closer? He said, absolutely. And then I asked him on Saturday on the field and I said, what's going on? He said, well, you know, I'll do whatever I have to do. If that's matchups, I'll do that. And I was like, what are you talking matchups? Don't you have a closer? So it's obvious that, you know, that that's in flux and that needs to be addressed. And, you know, they're needing a third baseman. They're needing a cleanup hitter. They're needing a closer. Like they need a whole different mindset when it just comes to, you know, how you compete offensively. I mean, they're selling it the right way when it comes to the pitching. Offensively, boy, they're speaking a whole different language than whatever those hitters are listening to. So, yeah, I got some work to do in the offseason. Yeah, boy, boy, do they have some work to do. And just last point I'll make on Barrios. I'm so happy you brought up the conversation that Schneider and Mattingly were having because to be a fly on the wall, I would die to know. Although I, I think I know it's, oh, my God, I can't believe we have to do this. And when, when he walked out there, he didn't even, I mean, it wasn't that Schneider ignored Barrios, but he pointed to the pen before he even got out there because there's no conversation to be had. It's just doing the thing that apparently had to be done. I want to go back to Vladdy, though, and there is a lot to talk about in terms of his approach at the plate, the production he got this year. We have to talk about the moment in the fifth inning where he gets picked off at second base. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of no-nos in the game. You know, we talked about it with Bichette and getting gunned out at home the other night. That might be among the most cardinal sins you can have with that guy, Bichette, at the plate. You finally threatening as a team. That's just so inexcusable. That's That's like, it's more rudimentary than baseball 101. Yeah, it's how you get beat and go out in the first round. I, I mean, I can't say that any other way, right? This is baseball 101. Like, I, I've been saying this forever. The base running at the big league level is atrocious. Like, like it's not bad. It's atrocious. Like, it's just whatever that scoreboard is sitting at and you as a team where you're at on the scoreboard tells you everything you need to know about how you run the bases. Vladdy's a big man. I was a big man when I played. Big men get very flat-footed. That's why they always, well, at least everybody that I've ever talked to and everything that I've ever been taught is, is if you're a bigger man, get a small lead and a big secondary lead. You want to know why you get a small lead is so the Carlos Correa's of the world know that, hey, he's got a really small lead. I don't even think about putting a pickoff play on. And then now, because you have a small lead, whenever the pitch is delivered, you can get a giant secondary lead. That way, if the ball's hitting the outfield, you're always already like halfway or three quarters to third base, and you can score easily. It's baseball 101. It's it's not even a, a conversation. It's not like I have to look over at Louis Rivera and go, hey, how's my lead? Is it okay, coach? Like, am I standing where I should be standing? Yeah, it's just, it's, it just sort of adds to everything that in baseball all year that, cause I watch a bazillion games and just the way people get leads, uh, the way bigger people get leads, the way they're taught. Obviously they're not taught. I mean, all, obviously that thing they do in spring training is eyewash where, you know, they come out there at 830 and they're running around the bases. Obviously that's, you know, for not because it, it's really common sense. You can never go wrong. Everybody that's listening, you can never go wrong. Small lead, big secondary mm. lead. That like really smart, 
infielders that are looking for reasons. We've even seen the Blue Jays do that, right? With really fast dudes that don't pay attention and think, you know, they can get lazy and because they're super fast and have fast twitch muscles that they don't have to get really good leads and, and, and be really smart on the bases. And then a really smart defender goes, Hey, I see you not paying attention. I'm going to run over there and pick you off. And when you're bigger, you got to really put emphasis on the situation, knowing what's going on, knowing who's in the infield, knowing who's at the plate. Yeah, it's inexcusable, and it just sort of piles on to what the way his season's been. Holy cow, was uh, John Schneider displeased um, in answering the question about that, as as I would be too. It was an infuriating moment, and and one. What's well, the reason why they put Bo in the cleanup spot? It's, right, is it's, it's not because Bo hits homers. It's because Bo could come up with second and third, crazy. and get a seventeen hop single to right, right, and drive in both runs. That was the whole point, and yep. I mean they lined it up perfect. Like the lineup, <laughs> the way they constructed every single two down the stretch. I mean, if you look. At at it. Uh, they they tried to they would have put Matt Chapman in the fifteenth hole. I know. They've been trying to hide him since July first. <laughs> how does every time? Do how it, are so. there always bases loaded and somehow five men on base when he comes up, Barker? It is That's a great question. That's why I said some of that RBI stat is a lot of luck. I mean, obviously, you got to have dudes that know how to, you know, when the other team and everybody in the stands know you know how to run produce and you still run produce, there's a lot that goes into that. But there also is a lot of luck where, you know, the beginning of the season, right, when you put Dalton Varsho, I'm sure Khaki's had a hand in that too, when you put Dalton Varsho in the cleanup spot and a lot of the times it rolls around at the beginning of the season when Dalton comes up, right, with a bunch of traffic on the bases and it's not Dalton's fault. Where, you know, he's fighting lower halves and, you know, the bat speech is not consistently there and then he gets lambasted, hit and clean up and they got to move around their batting order. So, yeah, they got some work. Like, they're a good team and they could be a couple of pieces away from being a great team because of the way they pitch. Mm-hmm. But they got to do something with the communication, and and sometimes in big moments, we they just way overthink it. What got you to the playoffs? Uh-huh. The dude standing on the mound, trust him, mm-hmm. lean on it. I mean, occasionally you have to do that. You have to trust what got you there, and it's just a shame they didn't do that last night because he was fun to watch. I mean, Brios was getting after dudes, and whenever he's got that running fastball, he's a t- he's a tough get, but. It's a shame they took him out. Yeah, it's a shame we didn't get to see that bow at bat conclude because he was battling too. It was full count. Yeah. Quite a moment, potentially. Absolutely. Taken away from him by Vladimir Guerrero Jr., who, I mean, is part of the, this this running commentary around this team. You mentioned how awful, atrocious the Blue Jays' base running has been. I mean, part of the, the statistical backing up of that argument is that they they made the third most outs on the base pass this season. I mean, the Fangraphs base running statistic has them as like one of the worst teams in baseball as well. It's been awful, 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 awful. It was uh-huh. a situation at the beginning of the season that was supposed to be addressed. I mean, it, not the base yeah. running in particular, but that all fell into the, the bucket of like attention to detail, right? It was yeah. part of the, some of the offseason moves that they made in in offloading Teoscar Hernandez and Lourdes Gurriel Jr. Those were also baseball trades. It's not like they gave them up for nothing and, and thought they were getting better. And also there was a money component when it came to Teoscar. But that was a clear mode of operation this past offseason. We're headed into an offseason with similar questions. It, it, it maybe got worse this year, um, the, the attention to detail stuff, despite it being expressly discussed at the beginning of the season, it was going to be a focus. 
Vladimir Guerrero Jr., part of those discussions, obviously understood the stakes of the season. It's a postseason game. Could not have been a more crucial moment. Picked off a second base. I mean, if he's not aware of, of the narrative around him and this team and the, the stakes of that moment, I, I, I don't know if he ever will be. Like, is that just now a part of the player? Like, is there any way to, to – to, like, if this happens next year, I, I'm not going to be surprised. I don't think there's anything that can change now. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a bit strong. I, I look. We I had think a whole year of it, though. Yeah, I think when you're 16th in baseball uh, in runs scored, I think you have to try to sometime. I'm not making excuses for him. I'm the, always the one that says the base running is atrocious. But I do think when you put guys in positions that they're not capable of succeeding at, it puts a lot of pressure on other parts of their game, which is you know bigger leads, bigger secondary leads, and and base running and pu- pushing the envelope a little bit. And I think that was what you were seeing at the, at the in the middle of the season yeah. was a team, a collection of a bunch of dudes. Again, I ain't making excuses. I don't do that. But it is, you know, if you're looking at the pitcher and why they would be the third worst in baseball, they're good base runners. They're smart guys. It's just, again, it's amazing, right, whenever you see a a really good hitter who's not hitting how bad their defense looks. When you see that same hitter doing the things offensively that we all thought he should be doing, how good his defense looks. Yeah. Base running's no different. So it sort of goes hand in hand that when, you know, you got to the big leagues as a hitter first. So I think, again, this is why I get back to that point. Whatever they're selling, they ain't buying. And I do think it has to start with talent. Everybody I know says, and I, my buddy that's on my show with me, Jeff Blair, tends to always say that that RBI thing's a team stat until they ain't getting them, and he's real quick to start pointing the finger at some individual <laughs> people. Well, okay, if you're wanting to talk about individuals, then maybe you should go out and get a couple that know how to, you know, slow it down a little bit, use the entire field that can always hit velocity. You know, it is amazing to me that a bunch of young guys, because there is some everyday young guys in that lineup who don't like velocity. It's odd. They, can they? Or is it what you're selling? They need to figure that out. Like, look at every good team. Like, every team that has a chance of winning a World Series, they get it down and get it singing. And it's the good old number one. Like, and then you can get them out occasionally with breaking balls. But if you throw them haters in the middle of play, just just think about the last two games. How many fastballs they missed that were not located, that were straight as a string, caught a bunch of the plate. They were either late or swinging through it. If you're an organization, I would think that's where you start, right? Is you got to figure out ways to to hit that first and maybe the lineup that you have because of the people that are going to be missing next year gives you a chance now mm-hmm. to sort of rebuild that, figure out how to, you know, have pockets <laughs> in your lineup like you do when you're talking about your bullpen to go out and fix, you know, maybe have some 300 hitters, maybe have some home run guys, maybe have some run producers and make it tougher for Rocco Baldelli to figure out how to work through a lineup. I know you got to go. Do you think? There is a conversation had in the Blue Jays front office this offseason that it surrounds, hey, can we make a baseball trade involving Vladimir Guerrero Jr. departing this team that makes us better? Can I ask better? you a question? Can mm-hmm. I ask you a question? Please do. You, you, you've tooted that for a while. I, I continue well, can to you, do that. Seriously, can, can, because I have of what you, you yeah, I wait. mean, he still, he still had almost 30 and almost 100. Good for him. Okay, we don't, we don't like sort of the totality of the way he looks on an everyday basis. Didn't like the fifth inning yesterday. 
Okay, yeah. Who did? Like, nobody liked the fourth inning either. Like, mm-hmm. uh, it's uh, – I, I just don't know how 30 and 100 grows on trees when running – scoring runs is not your strength. Yep. So, how about adding to it? How about giving him protection with Bo yep. in front, mm-hmm. protection behind? Yep. I'm not saying to Oscar because I think that ship sailed. But if, uh, somebody like that, that is a threat that can hit velocity, that can hit 40 and drive in 120 behind him to where it simplifies it enough that we could see the best out of Vladdy. I give you this. If they don't figure Vladdy out, so people are going to lose their jobs. Yep. Like yeah, you, yeah, trading him. I look, the other teams are seeing the exact same things we're seeing, or at least I'm seeing. Right. Right. It's the it's the just the the inability to have a consistent, really really good approach where you know where you're not hearing your telecast in Buck Martinez say the reason why Sonny Gray is throwing two seamers in off the plate is because Vladdy, well, quite frankly, can't lay off it. Mm-hmm. So that's that. I think is where they should start. Yep. Look, you the way the two, last two years have, have ended, you better know what you're doing, especially when you traded Lourdes and Teoscar at the same time. You better you better really be in tune with what you're doing and know how to to you know to bring in better if you're gonna even think about trading Vladdy. I know for I next, think they're at that. I think for next season, and it's not the only consideration you would have in this trade, but for next season, I'd be way more comfortable with Pete Alonso playing first base for me than Vladimir Guerrero Jr. That's, Didn't the Mets say they were going to back the brakes truck up? Yeah, we'll see about that. We'll see about that. Uh, and they do the same for Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Plus, you get an extra you year so? of team control. I think I think they might. Anyways, this is it's my little mm. pet, pet theory, uh, and we'll see if it comes to fruition. Barker, uh, great to hear from you. Talk again I soon. Th- Thanks for getting me fired up at yeah. uh, what time is it? Seven forty. I appreciate that. Uh, I bye, Barker. Save that for Jeff. Yeah, I gave, I gave that to you. For... <laughs> uh, we appreciate enjoy, it. And you'll do it again. You'll do it again this afternoon. I, I know it. All right. See you, man. Uh, Kevin Barker, Blair and Barker. This insider brought to you by Don Valley North Lexus, where you can expect excellence online and in the showroom. Visit Don Valley North Lexus. Dot com. Um, yeah, he was heated. I was heated. It's a, it's a game. It's a series. It's a team that makes you heated. I, I'll be honest. The biggest takeaway I had of that is I, I totally understood what he meant, but I had not heard the expression, you've been tooting that one out there for a while mm. in terms of your idea. <laughs> that one, I, and I love it, quite honestly. So yeah. that was great. That was the biggest takeaway for me for that conversation is that I can use tooting it out there tootin for an idea. There. I've been. T- I've I don't been... think actually I can. I just said yeah. it, and I can't. Barker definitely can. I, I got to give some credit to John Morosi because he and I like kind of synthesized that together. The Vlad for Pete Alonso framework. Um this offseason, Pete Alonzo, a free agent after next season. Yeah. A guy that, you know, in a down year hit like 46 home runs last, yeah. <laughs> this past season. He's going to hit you some home runs at his best, like is not as good as Vladdy at his mm-hmm. best, which we've only seen once in 2021, but pretty much a guarantee to hit the ball out of the ballpark at an exceedingly high yeah. rate. Polar and, bear. Yeah. And I, that's a move. That's a move that I'd be thinking about making. It's not. Hey, like Jerry Depoto hates the idea of that move. You know why? Yeah, that's a big roll of the dice. You could actually win like fifty-seven percent of your games, which yeah. would be disgusting. Well, that's why. And I, just to be clear, it's disgusting because it's too good. It's it's a risky move, but Barker's right. Like some people are going to lose their jobs 
no matter what, like if if this continues for yet another season, we're we're in Leafs land here now, right? Like, I I got into a way too heated discussion last night about the disgusting nature of comparing this Blue Jays core to the Toronto Maple Leafs, but we can park that for another day. It is totally there. They have surpassed them, quite honestly, in terms of failure. They yeah, have. Yeah, they haven't won a single game, and baseball's different. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and they they've won ninety two games with this core, but it is it's headed in the wrong direction. All right, time now for something to chew on. Brought to you by. Great Canadian meats. There's no baseball today because all the the series were sweeps in the wild card round. And there's only one remaining team from the American League East. It's the Baltimore Orioles after the Rays started the day's baseball activities getting smoked, Mm -hmm. getting their doors absolutely blown off. They scored a run for the first time in a long time in the postseason. Quick, which one would you rather? (laughs) <laughs> which would like, I'd rather have a win or a run. No, no. The, <laughs> would you rather be the Rays or the Jays? Both teams are at home getting swept. Like, would you have rather just got smoked and it was all over with immediately? Oh. Or would you have rather had the churn that was that game yesterday? I don't know. There's a lot to talk. I, I'd rather it's doing what we do for a living. The I'd churn. rather have the, the game play out the way it did. If the Blue Jays, I'd rather be talking about Blue Jays baseball today, I or know. at least Blue I'm Jays baseball that's your in the yes. American league division series. But yeah, the Rays are out. They looked even worse than the Blue Jays did in their two games against the Texas Rangers. And at least for them, they didn't have to do it in front of many people. Like, not a lot of people saw it live. <laughs> in fact, uh, broadcaster Sean McDonough made note of it at a crucial moment. And on the third goes Seager. And some booze starting to come down from the group. I'm not sure we could call it a crowd. <laughs> the group here at the Trump. <laughs> Yeah, okay. There's are there some Rays fans that that do exist. Well, I mean, there's about twenty thousand of them that actually made you know, of course, made made the the, the trek out there. And a hey, Dickie V, like, yeah, I'm I'm sure he oh, yeah. was crestfallen after uh, someone woke him up and told him the game was over, and yeah, then he was real upset as the the season ends in disappointing fashion for for the Rays fans. And and should you be like shaming people for for not paying money to go to a, a major league baseball playoff game? No. But it's quite a thing when you can compare your attendance to 1919, which is something that we are rightfully doing. It was the last time a baseball team drew fewer than 20,000 fans to a postseason game for a Rays team that was, I mean, despite the showing against the Rangers, I mean, would anybody have been surprised to see that team in the World Series or winning one this oh. year? The the amount of talent that's on that team, the amount of adversity that they've gone through, Um overcoming the loss of of some pretty crucial pieces of the puzzle absolutely not and and to to put forth that kind of attendance and I get it a horrible ballpark not exactly the best baseball environment I, I, that's fair game for me if I'm Sean of course, McDonough. Of course it's fair game. It, the Rays people are allowed to be upset by that. Like you're allowed to be perturbed or whatever. Uh, he's also allowed to describe the baseball game he is broadcasting. You know, opening his eyes and just painting a picture in terms of what he is seeing and describing it. Yeah, it's we, we've all seen the stories. I just quickly had to pull up like what happened in 19 because I was actually hoping that it was, was like Black a Black Sox scandal. And I wished it was a, I was hoping it'd be a more hilarious, like I was hoping we get like the the run barons or no, something like that. No, it's a best of nine series and they made the Reds fans buy tickets in three game blocks. That's why even that game had its circumstances as to why it was so sold out and, and it was fixed. cheating black Sox. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, uh, never 
uh, before, uh, since the team, one of the teams was intentionally throwing the World Series. Has there been a, a worse attended World or a postseason game than uh, what I'm the, sure the Tampa Bay Rays have put forth? I'm sure the mega church they're building down there, because that's what it looks like to me. I can't unsee it since yes. I've seen the renderings of yeah. it. Uh, maybe that will fix things. Probably not. Though. They do. They do love mega churches down there, though. It was if they can convince them that that's what's happening inside and not mm-hmm. a baseball game. Mm-hmm. Woo! Numbers going to be jumping. Well, especially in that region. Yes. Um, I did also see that the Lightning po- uh, preseason game outdrew mm. the Rays oh playoff game. Oh, my God. Like, there are sports fans yeah. in that region. Well, There's no question yeah. about it. They've won things, too. That's the thing about the Rays. Like, yeah, but no, the Rays no, have... no, the Rays have won, but, like, it's COVID stuff. It's like they've won one, oh, like, real that, series. They were in a, in a World Series before that. Akinori Iwamura. Like, yeah. there's been, so, like, Evan Longoria. There's been, like, a history of, of ever since they changed the name from Devil Rays. Like they've been... Said. Really, really good. And they wore their devil jerseys. So yeah, they haven't won a World Series, but you know, they join the join the group, right? The Rangers have never won a World Series. They've been around a whole lot longer, and and people show up for for that team. Anyways, embarrassing. A lot of embarrassing stuff in Major League Baseball yesterday. We've only just scratched the surface in talking about. I didn't even tell you what happened in the Diamondbacks game yesterday. We didn't (laughs) even do that. We'll save that for later. (laughs) Right. But when we come back, we'll get back into the Blue Jays and. Some questions for this offseason, some potential theories, um, what this front office needs to show its fan base after a season that was technically a success during the regular season, 89 wins, but one that was not exactly an entertaining product. What is the messaging that needs to take place for this Blue Jays team headed into a very, very crucial offseason? That and a whole lot more next. The Fan Morning Show continues. Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590, The Fan.